It's a jackalope carnival. Jack, jack, jackalope. Jackalope carnival. Hi, Becca. Hi, Eric. It's jackalope carnival time. Yay, a sideshow of stories. It is a sideshow of stories. And we've already talked about Mothman and jackalopes. And we talked about Ouija boards in Baltimore. And now we're going to talk about effervescent vape <laughs> prodigals. Yeah, we're going to talk about EVP, which is not effervescent vape prodigals. <laughs> That's your new band name. Yes, they're my favorite. You would never heard of them. They're, they're really underground. So, no, we're talking about EVP or electronic voice phenomena today. And um, I don't know. What do you think of them? Um, you know, I, I honestly don't have a strong opinion. I mean. Interesting, because you had a very strong opinion about Ouija boards. I do. I'm not going to use those. Um, also, I was a little, when you told me that you, you gathered um, yeah. possible EVPs, um, as we're going to talk about today. Uh, by going to a... Yep, I will tell all about that in just a yeah. second. <laughs> but I was impressed because I wasn't going to, I wouldn't go out there and do that. Um, yeah, I have a different relationship with um, the, let's say, uh, psychic phenomenon kind of thing than you do though. So I, I don't have a whole lot of, I don't, I don't really have a feeling strongly on it either way as far as belief or non-belief. Um sort of just is <laughs> so I, I didn't mind doing it and I don't mind trying out you know Ouija boards or I do notice that you didn't go out alone though I, I would have I've been there alone before so anyway we'll, we'll talk more about that but so for those of you who don't know I probably should explain what EVP are so electronic voice phenomenon are those mysterious voices that you hear on audio recordings um, and they're believed to be voices from the spirit world now they're not recordings that are deliberately done um, as far as spoken on um, they're they just show up so now, wait but you people can, you can, can yes Absolutely. You can turn on like a, a recording device and like hope to capture an EVP, right? I mean, that's, that's absolutely kind of how... yes, absolutely. But I mean, it's not like you're going to speak into. It. I'm going to say, "Hello, spirit, are you there?" And you're going to be like, "Yes." I mean, I'm sure <laughs> that happens, but that's right. not what EVP. Right. Is. Normally, what you do is you speak into some kind of device, and then there's like a "What was that?" and then you cut to commercial. Yeah. And they're not voices that you, you can sometimes, but in general, it's not voice that you can hear without listening to the recording. So in general, you're going to play back that recording and there will be things um, that you did not hear. So there will be voices that weren't there when you were recording them. So Has it, have you read anything about the uh, physics of EVP? Like how it's supposed to work? Like how did ghosts get on the one that, one that yeah, so there's a lot of different ideas. Um, some is that it's dimensional, it's interdimensional. Some is that it is ghosts. So we're not going to get too far down that technical rabbit hole. But yeah, people have ideas about how it's that a works. jackalope hole. Yeah, ja sorry, jackalope. So um, they're also known as Radive voices. They're also known as the more modern term, instrumental transcommunication or ITC. Does um, anyone really call it that? Yeah, instrumental transcommunication. Uh, trans for transdimensional, but I'm really going to stick with the old school here. It is more descriptive to call it that, but I'm just going to use EVP. Okay, I've literally never heard that other thing. Well, now you have. Now I have. <laughs> Thank you, Jackalope. Um, so <laughs> we're going to, you know, 
as a teenager, whenever I heard those, so I loved watching those paranormal shows or ghost hunters or, you know, scary movies. And generally that stuff doesn't scare me, but maybe it's my lizard brain acting, but that voice, when you'd hear that playback of that creepy voice that you didn't know that was there before, that always terrified me. It depends on the recording. Like there's some recordings I listen to and I'm like, I literally hear nothing. And then there's some, like, I don't know, I'll be perfectly honest. The one that you played for me mm-hmm. that you did, that one creeped me out and I did not like it. See, that's weird because I listen to that one like, eh. I didn't really feel like it was particularly creepy. And I was a little disappointed because I wanted, I don't know what I wanted, Einstein. Because apparently um, (laughs) Einstein, Hitler, uh, Stalin, they're all voices that came through when... um, in the 50s, when Jurgensen, and we'll talk more about Jurgensen in just a second, when he did his EVP. You just threw, like, three very famous people um, from the 20th century together with, like, a random European name or, like... And we're going to talk about that random like, European name. I'm going to put, don't like, worry. You're like, EVP. Okay. Don't worry. It will all become clear soon. Okay. It's all going to make sense eventually. Yeah. And so, so, like I said, while I don't hold a lot of belief in this phenomenon, I'm open to it. There's a possibility. And apparently that possibility just terrifies me. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why. You know, there's been earlier examples of electronic voice phenomenon. This isn't something that, you know, in, in a previous episode, I talked about how even Edison thought that that might be a possibility. And so as long as recording has been possible, people have been getting mysterious voices on the recording. By the 1950s is when it starts to get serious attention, um, really mostly the 1960s, because it happens in 1959, that this man named Friedrich Jurgensen. Now Jurgensen, that was the random European name you said I threw out there. Jurgensen was actually quite the Renaissance man. He wasn't just any guy. He had been an opera singer, an artist, a film producer, a psychic. He had been an archivist with the Vatican. <laughs> and uh, he also was an amateur ornithologist or bird enthusiast. Like bird enthusiast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was a really interesting, interesting man. And he's born in 1903 to a Swedish mother and a Danish father in Odessa, Ukraine. He can speak several different languages. He survives two world wars, you know, the 1918 influenza pandemic, and he even is commissioned at one point to paint Pope Pius VII. This guy had quite an interesting life. I guess he was an overachiever in things to talk about at cocktail parties because in the 50s, he gives it all up and throws himself into electronic voice phenomenon. It starts in 1959, and he's living in Sweden, And he starts making recordings of the Swedish finch, not to be confused with Swedish fish. Um, Those are delicious, but that's not what we're talking about. I hear Um, Swedish finches are too. I hope not. So (laughs) They're little bite-sized birds. So he's making this recording and he's out, you know, in the middle of nowhere to get these bird songs and he starts to play it back. And when How long would it be for me to like, right below like audio level to be making weird noises during this episode to be like, I am the secret voice. Yeah. It's already creeping me out. I, I know. I don't know what it is about that. EVPs creeps you out, huh? 
it just really creeps me out, which I should never have told you. <laughs> so now I'm oh my gosh, I've never. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I know. This one I should go. never. Um, so, I should never have admitted this. So he, does he? Does he get a hold of dead um, Swedish finches? Well, he does get some bird song, but when he's playing it, and this had happened a few times, he hears the audio go out and in, and it's very strange. So he thinks that it's a technical problem, and then when he's playing back this bird song this specific time he starts hearing things that sound like voices and at first he's skeptical he thinks it must be radio signals that somewhere somehow he's picking up some radio signals but when he starts to hear it he knows that it's not that and the reason he knows is because it's not just random words it's talking about evening bird song so it's a very specific message and he feels like there's no way that this is a coincidence because this recording is talking to me. And this ends up being the beginning of EVP as something more than just random words on an occasional recording, but something worthy of study. Um, he stops doing all of the other amazing, fantastic things he was doing and starts to throw himself into making these recordings. He's like opera um, singer, like that is nowhere near as lucrative well an artist i mean he painted artist. A for the vatican <laughs> right i'm just going to record rando sounds on my recorder but but they weren't because he starts to recognize voices so he starts to recognize his mother he hmm. hears uh, the name friedel which is what his mother called him when he was a little boy hmm. and so he starts to hear his father his dead wife um, not everyone who talks to him is related to him, though. He, he has one frequent voice that's kind of the ringleader, and it's a woman called Lena. And so he gets these people talking to him, and he decides that, you know, there is more to life. You know, there's an afterlife. And so this is one of the reasons that he does quit his job and do this. It's not just like, oh, I got this one message. It takes a little time and it's a sincere desire to find out more and to talk to people. And this is the early 20th century, I'm assuming? No, this is the 1960s, actually, at this point, 1960, 1959. Okay. Wow. So we're, we're a bit removed from the spiritualist movement at this point. We are. And this is in Europe at this point, too. So, I mean, while Europe had its own well, Swedenborgians and stuff, but um, no, this is in Europe. Mm -hmm. So this hasn't come to America yet. This is all happening in Europe. Unfortunately for me, because of that, a lot of the information on Jurgensen is in German, mm. <laughs> which as I've mentioned before, I've only had a little bit of German in college. So it was just not up to me to translate the stuff. Right. So spiritualism and Wolpertinger, not exactly what not, Yeah. Well, and oddly enough, um, speaking of languages, the voices spoke in a lot of different languages. Well, luckily they came to someone who was a, uh, you know, a multi-language human being. Yes, exactly. And he called them polyglot. Um, so these voices would see. That is the word I was looking for. Thank yeah. you. Because if they, would have come to, <laughs> if they would have come to me, who is a monoglot, is that a word? Uh, now it is. Yeah. If they would have come to me and talked, I would have been like, I don't know what's going on here. They're You're like, nah, sounds like bird song to me. Sounds like, right. I'm pretty sure it's a, Shub a Shubil stork. <laughs> not even a bird you probably is these voices sometimes speak the different languages in the same sentence and if you do listen to them like i can pick out enough german words to hear one there's some italian so they they throw all those words into into all those languages into one sentence 
Hmm. So in, in 1964, he even publishes a book and he calls these voices in space. And we're not going to get into the UFO aspect of this uh, because no, that's did. going in a whole, <laughs> whole nother direction. Does he throw Bigfoot in at some point? <laughs> I, Is the Lightness yeah. monster making a appearance? I don't think Bigfoot ever spoke to him. But um, yeah, so there, yeah, like I said, we're not going to get into this, but <laughs> voices in space. Hold on. When we do the, um, when we do the Bigfoot episode, Episode. actually someone has done a recording of what they think is like bigfoot oh, yeah. in the woods and it's terrifying oh, oh i've heard some bigfoot calls but we it, it, we're getting ahead of ourselves back here. in yeah 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 okay back back to um this voices in space voices in space which, which is, is not your npr in space. right i was actually i was thinking your npr likes um uh new age music you know like Do- uh, I was thinking pigs in space. Do you remember that from the Muppets? I do, right? Pigs awesome. in space. Absolutely. Yeah. Voices in Space was mm-hmm. published in 1964, and um, it caught the attention of a Latvian psychologist. I think you're going to like this Latvian psychologist. Um, I've Constant- never met a Latvian psychologist that I didn't like. Well, his name is Konstantins Raudive, and Raudive is actually a former student of Carl Jung. Yeah, I like him already. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to say young and you're going to get really excited. So, well, I like the fact that he listens to this dude's like rando recordings of dead people and he doesn't immediately start prescribing antipsychotic meds, apparently. No, he Because he's, if he did, it would, this, this show would go in a completely different direction. He is skeptical at first, though. Okay. Um, he is absolutely skeptical. He thinks it might be a projection um, of his own psyche. Of course, he thinks that. Of course. But he is open-minded, and so he wants to see if he can replicate this phenomenon in a controlled environment. And so he's wondering if he can separate this phenomenon from Jurgensen. And so he tries. Eventually, he and Jurgensen decide to team up, and they do research together. Now, at first, apparently, when they do these, they don't get very much in the way of voices. They get a little bit, but it's kind of meh. But then they do more and more. They have other scientists that team up with them to do research. So they collaborate with others. And this really starts to take off and through, throughout the 1960s, so the second half of the 1960s. Um, but by 1969, they have some disagreement, and the band breaks up. <laughs> What are the disagreements? I'm curious now. You know, just how it was done. I think that Jorgensen, from what I understand, was a little more into the psychic phenomenon and into having this connection. And Rodine, he really wanted to to think this was a scientific, this was something that could be controlled. This was something that could be put in a lab and studied. He wanted to find empirical evidence. And I don't think that Jurgensen was, I feel like Jurgensen probably thought there was. Now this is conjecture on my part, but from what, what I read, it seemed like Jurgensen probably didn't need quite the same uh, scientific evidence that Rodive did. So Rodive has tons of these. He has thousands of these EVPs um, because they both, while they split up of what they're doing, they both continue to make recordings. Is he married? Um, Do you know? Who? Are you interested? Either one. Yeah, right. Um, Um, Jurgensen's wife had passed. I'm not sure about Rodney. Oh, right, right, right. I'm just, because I'm imagining like being the romantic partner of someone who's like, obsession becomes like keeping like thousands of recordings of like alleged dead people 
Like, I'm just imagining. Like, oh, actually, he was married. I've forgotten. But it, I, I just remembered this when you said that. Rodive's wife was, um, she studied languages. She studied language. Handy. So um, I'm, I don't know off the top of my head what the time period was. But if she was alive, she probably was interested. It goes one of two ways, right? Either like they drink the Kool-Aid with you and they're all in. Or like somebody's like look, we need to start paying some bills around here. And as much as it's cool that you're recording dead people. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but my guess is if she was alive and she had a thing for studying language, she probably was into it. Fair enough. And, and, it, and again, the spirit spoke in many different tongues, although I find it interesting that they all spoke in European languages that these two happen to have spoken themselves handy or you know it might be one of those things to be fair it could be like they're speaking in sumerian but nobody speaks sumerian so you ignore that like you ignore the data you can't understand that, that's that's possible and, it, and they were um a lot of these experiments were done in germany so again that's why there's a heavy you can probably find german ghosts more in germany than you can anywhere else I don't know that they were, well. Except so, um, Minnesota. Well, There's a lot of German ghosts in Minnesota. Oh, not only German ghosts. I mean, literally, they did say that they had, a, they said that they have a one that's clearly Hitler arguing with Stalin. <laughs> I would stay the heck out of that room. Holy cow. So, <laughs> so, you know, like you say, be careful who you get, you know, who you call right? for, because you might get Hitler. No yeah. one wants that. Nobody wants that. So Rodife's research, you know, it was extensive. And like I said, he did, I think the number is like over 100,000 of these recordings. And he eventually publishes a book. So he becomes so mainstream with it that, like I said, some people call these Rodive voices instead of EBP. They, they name it after him. This is what like a lot of people in parapsychology call it. Now... In the 80s, because everything goes back to uh, around Baltimore, this phenomenon becomes mainstream in paranormal circles in America. And Sarah Estep from Severna Park, Maryland, founds the American Association of Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Or what up? What up, Maryland? So, you know, we, we brought it right back to Maryland for you. Love it. Yep. Um, for those of you who didn't listen to our last episode, the Ouija board was made and was manufactured in Maryland. So. There's got to be some like ley lines crossing somewhere. <laughs> that would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, you know, like we said before, to capture a spirit voice, you just need audio equipment. And it doesn't even need to be fancy audio equipment because you can bet in the 1950s um, they didn't have the kind of audio recording uh, opportunities and devices that we have today. So over the years, um, there have been devices made specifically for capturing these discarnate, I say with quotation marks, voices. Um, I say it without the air quotes. Ready? Listen. Discarnate. That was what it sounds like without the air quotes. Uh, hmm, I think I heard something behind that. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes the voices are difficult to pick up. If there's an EVP during this episode, by the way, like, like no one's going to ever believe it. They're going to think like we're messing with them. I, I won't believe it. <laughs> I'll, I'll know it's you. I'll have it speaking so, in what language. Pick a language that I can't speak, which Mandarin. is, by the way, all of them. Right. Yeah. I speak English and that's it. I can fumble through Spanish, but yes, Mandarin. Okay, right. So if there's EVP in Mandarin, it's not me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ghost Hunters. Speaker in my house tomorrow, though. So there's that. Well, then I can't use Mandarin. I'm right. Pig Latin. Okay. 
So I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Please continue. Well, what I was going to say is now EVP, like when you watch those ghost hunter programs or even just ghost hunters, like this is something that's pretty, pretty commonly used by ghost hunters. Um, it's pretty Big common. Madness, because that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Big snay on the ear at say. <laughs> Now it is. Um, <laughs> if I if I die before you, I'm definitely gonna haunt your ass while speaking pig Latin, and you're gonna know it's me. Just so you know. Well, and that's you know it's really funny you said that because um, all kinds of people feel like they've had heard from Jurgensen and um, Rodive, so they feel like that abs obviously that on their EVPs they've contacted them now. And they were speaking many languages, go figure. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I was going to say about ghost hunters is that they even have categories of EVP depending on the, cl the clarity of sound. So there's a one, a two, and a three. And <laughs> Is that when you get EVP from Lawrence Welk? <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even. <laughs> it's a one and a two. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm gonna. I'm putting a moratorium on me talking for like sixty seconds. Go. Well, to get EVP, you can record white noise, so you can just turn the radio to a station that's on white noise. Um, or you have a machine that has white noise, or you can go someplace that seems like a good candidate for paranormal activity. Um, so I decided to do that, and in deciding where to go, I meticulously gathered my information. I consulted the stars. I mapped out the ley lines. And no, I just went to <laughs> the cemetery at the former Dorothea Dix Psychiatric Hospital. And that happens to have had its own slaughterhouse. It had buildings used as makeshift morgues during the 1918 influenza pandemic. It was next to an orphanage that burned down in a notorious fire. And it's right across the street from a prison. So I figured basically if anywhere's haunted, that's going to be it. <laughs> I did a lot of recordings, but the best one I have is only 20 seconds. Yeah, and, I, hmm? I, I think my moratorium's up so I can talk again. That's but, absolutely um, fine. Yeah, I, I, after the Lawrence Welk comment, I put myself in, in podcaster prison. That was, that was uncalled for. But um, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have done it. Like, I, there's no way. I wouldn't have gone to Dorothea, Dorothea Dix Park to make EVPs. Yeah, so now Dorothea Dix, which used to be a psychiatric hospital, is a park. It's a little odd because when I say park, I think of, you know, playground equipment or uh, basically it's the psychiatric hospital and they have a 19th century psychiatric hospital. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've done some since the mid century, but it's basically the buildings are all still there and you're just walking around the campus of a former psychiatric hospital. And they do have a cemetery and it has it has graves from the 19th century. Um, early to most of the graves I think are from the 19th century and I've been told there's graves randomly all around the property but I haven't come across any before so yeah I did go in the evening I didn't want to be there after dark it is across from a prison <laughs> so the prison's still there Oh yeah, the prison's still there and open. I did, you know, like I said, I did a recording. The best one's 20 seconds and we're gonna incorporate it so you can hear it and listen to it. Uh, what do you think of it, Eric? Creeped me out. Yeah, really? I didn't. Yeah, and I, the thing is though, it wasn't that I, like I heard a distinct anything from it. Like I didn't hear like a man speaking um, Latvian to me or anything, but like, no, I just, I, I heard it and I was like, this doesn't feel very good. Huh, that makes sense. I mean, 
it has some tones in it. I, I have to admit that it's next to a busy road. So that's one, one thing that I know that can be heard from it. Um, you know, we have cicadas out now this time of year. So there was that. And everyone I, knows cicadas communicate with the dead. <laughs> they probably do. They have those weird carapaces. Is that the word? Um, <laughs> and there is birds, which are ironically enough. Um, and when I say that, the interesting thing is, is that there was some, some speculation because of other, I believe that Rodive had a budgie, a bird that, could communicate with the spirits if i remember this wait what (laughs) yeah okay this has gone off the rails now i'm sorry there were no i mean on this parakeet is communicating with the dead through yeah through the evp so it was like Like the bird and the dead were communicating so there was some thought that since it started with um, i'm a pretty open-minded guy i really am i'll believe a lot of things but if you tell me that your parakeet is talking to dead people my first thought is pretty firmly going to be that you need medication. Um, they tried to communicate with Jurgensen's poodle as well, I believe. I mean, that, is it that really that out there? I think a lot of people feel like the animals in the spirit world have this sort of communication. Isn't there, aren't there, there's stories about ravens. Um, there's stories about all kinds of birds with the spirit world. I, yeah, I mean, all that seems somewhat different than I have a parakeet that talks to dead people. It is, it, like you, a, is it a prejudice against parakeets that he had a crow <laughs> that talked to dead people? I don't think you'd question it. Would you? No, you seem like they because you live worse. in Baltimore, you couldn't question <laughs> a raven talking to the dead. Well, they seem like it seems more appropriate, doesn't it? It's like a more somber animal. But like so a you, parakeet, a budgie? Come on. You ha- so you have a problem. This is your problem. Is the type of bird? <laughs> is the species of bird? <laughs> you have to admit there's a difference. I mean, you have friends who are crows. I'm not making this up. I, I do feed the crows. Yeah, I do. They're, they're odd little birds. I mean, they're not little birds, but they're, they're odd birds. But <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm trying to say here before your extreme prejudice against budgies came apparent. There it is. Um, there it is. That there's some speculation that you know birds there is communication with the dead and birds and there is bird song within my evp recording which is only like i said 20 seconds but there's definite bird song so that doesn't disprove this theory that birds have some sort of communication with the dead i don't even know what to do with all this i'm just gonna keep (laughs) going I got, I got nothing else. So is there something on my recording? I don't know. Eric, do you think so? I, I All I'm mentioning is, is that I was, um, it, it, I felt uneasy when listening to it. And I, I, I actually didn't, but I mean, also, I really like that park. I've mm-hmm. been to the cemetery by myself. I've been, you know, with people I've been, you know, so it was a place I was comfortable with. Now, whether you heard something or not, skeptics would just say that there's a whole lot of different reasons that we hear voices, um, from interfering signals to um, apophenia, which is the human tendency to make patterns out of random data. So like hearing patterns in noise. That explains most of my romantic relationships. (laughs) Seeing patterns, or I'm gonna ignore that, and seeing pictures in the clouds. So, you know, it's we could look up and see a budgie in the clouds. <laughs> Who is communicating with the dead. Yeah. So is this... Like they do. You know, is that it? Or 
that it's apophenia possibly that feels apophenia is like a catch-all like apophenia is in like the skeptics toolbox like you find um apophenia owls and yeah like owls explain all like oh you're right yeah no we actually had a a murder in north carolina here that someone tried to explain an owl attack it was an owl attack yeah owls are, are trotted out all the time what's another thing that like people always use to explain like there's one um there seems to be like two or three go-to explanations and like they're used to like explain like everything but so yeah i'm I'm not downplaying you know apophenia is a thing i'm just saying that maybe not everything is apophenia sometimes there are patterns because there's patterns yeah is it or isn't it that's right so um you know i i i don't know but i like what some psychologists say because it really whether it is or isn't um that what you hear reflects more on your inner psyche on the spirit world and it's kind of an oral rorschach test Mm. so i don't know that's kind of where i like it so that's all we have for you guys today with jackalope carnival and we hope you'll turn tune in next time um we're going to be talking about trans-dimensional travel thank you very much take care is anyone there Jackalope Carnival!